G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. One that does interest every single listener today, the sort of conversation that we'll have around our finances and the fact that we've got a financial crisis that's looming. When all of our leaders are saying, get used to the new normal, we think that they're only talking about physical, social distancing, and lots of people seem to feel like the worst of the crisis is over. If you can go back to the pub, or you can eat at a restaurant, or you can have some freedom to go on a holiday. Well, we have this quiet hope that our financial position, having lost jobs or had reduced working hours, or in so many instances, uh, those business owners on the brink of losing their entire business. We think this And we hope this is not the new normal and that beyond the immediate crisis, things will again begin to thrive. What is true is that our economy is going to take a long time to recover from such a shock and nobody will hand us recovery success on a platter. So, if Christian believers are not crippled by a spirit of fear or defeated by the circumstances, and if we believe that God has our back... How do we think of flourishing in a financial crisis? We're looking for God's wisdom when there is a financial crisis and today we're going to be unlocking some of those things. I do want to invite you into our conversation. Our special guest this hour is finance expert Alex Cook. He's the founder of Wealth With Purpose and there is a Facebook post I'll invite you to respond to as well. And if you go onto Facebook page uh, for Vision Radio, simply Google Vision Radio, get our Facebook page, you'll find a question there. It's a poll. The question asks, is flourishing in a financial crisis an issue of circumstance or preparation? So you can cast your vote there, and as you leave a comment, you might like to include how you see the God factor in the way that you might think about flourishing in this sort of environment. But Alex Cook, founder of Wealth With Purpose. Alex, welcome along to 2020. Hey, great to be back with you. Hey, Alex, I know that there are a lot of people who are not so affected in this financial crisis. Uh, They've kept their job and everything seems to be, uh, you know, floating along okay financially, just like it was before the crisis hit. But that isn't the case for everyone. There's a huge number of people who are responding to the government's offer of benefits. There are challenges that are faced left, right and centre, especially from business. I wonder if we, before we get into this conversation, we might touch on some of the actual things that are going on. Uh, what is your perspective here and the research you've been doing into just how significant this financial crisis is? Yeah, well, look, it is, it's, it is huge. It's probably the biggest shock uh, that we've witnessed since the Great Depression, and I know that sounds depressing just in saying it, um, but when we look at some of the, the figures that are starting to come out, um, 
I think the thing that's really caught everyone by surprise is just the breathtaking speed at which things have happened. So, you know, we saw those pictures a few weeks ago of people joining the Centrelink queues. And I believe, you know, something like a million people now have lost their jobs somewhere in that sort of vicinity. And that's probably expected to increase over this coming June quarter. It's very difficult to predict, obviously. We don't know how much exactly um, the economy will slow down. I think the, the Treasury estimates suggest that we're losing $4 billion a week as a nation um, for every week that the nation's closed. So they, that's why they're very keen to open things back up. Um, one of the other staggering sort of figures is that now in Australia, 60% of the working population is on some form of government support, whether it's the JobKeeper program, you know, the wage subsidy, whether it's uh, JobSeeker, you know, and unemployment benefits and things like that. So 60% of the working population is getting some sort of uh, government support, which is, you know, mind-boggling. And then, of course, uh, the, when we look at jobs, because obviously the big issue is if you lose your job, can you get another one? Job ads themselves have plummeted 50%. So that's that's a you know breathtaking uh, speed as well. Um, but in Australia's probably not too bad. I mean, it's obviously that's a huge shock for us. But in, in if we look at say United States, in the last seven weeks, they've had uh, 33 million people apply for unemployment benefits. So it's about a fifth of their workforce, if you like. Um, the official unemployment in the US is now about 14.7%, um, but even the Bureau of Labor Statistics over there has come out and said, look, we actually think it's higher. There's just a lag in the data. It's probably closer to 20% unemployment. So it is a huge shock. Um, and I guess the thing with unemployment is it's very easy to lay someone off, but the rehiring journey, if you like, for, for companies tends to take longer. It, we kind of say unemployment as a figure goes up in the elevator and then down in the stairs. You know, it, take, it takes time. So I don't think we should be expecting a rapid turnaround. We'll certainly see a, a big economic spike. You know, things pick up as things open up again, but I doubt we'll go anywhere near back to the same levels that we were prior to this all starting. Not not for a while anyway, not for some time. And look, maybe that's not such a bad thing. We're a, we're a very much an over, overly consumeristic culture and very debt-laden culture too. So maybe it's not such a bad thing either. Alex, when we talk, we're always talking from the position of being a Christian, of having a biblical foundation and... I wonder whether, just as we get our conversation really, you know, bubbling along here, and uh, having presented those facts that you have, uh, to talk a little about the attitude that we might have if we hold a biblical worldview, if we have some faith in God, the difference that that makes—that someone who doesn't have uh, the same worldview, the same belief, the same understanding that a Christian has uh, of where they might be in a crisis like this, so far as their finances go. Uh, what are your thoughts here on the difference between Christians and those non-Christians? Look, I think it can be profoundly different in the sense that as Christians, if we really grasp uh, God's character and understand what he's really like, then we, we can really sail through this in a really positive way. I mean, one of my favorite passages is in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, verse 8. And what it says, it says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you'll abound in every good work. Now, just in that, just that little passage, 
there's just so much, so many gems. Firstly, it's the idea that God is a God of abundance. You know, in these times, okay, we, we feel this sort of financial pressure, but there's no recession in heaven. God's resources are unlimited. He, he's not constrained in any way. You know, one of the, the pleasures I have in my job is I get to occasionally hear these sort of stories, miraculous stories how God has provided for people just in, in miraculous ways that they themselves weren't expecting. And I've experienced that in my own life. Um, so as Christians, we need to remember that God is a God of abundance. That's the first thing. There's no lack. But then it also says that in all things, at all times, that we will have all that we need. So that's the next thing is that God will meet all our needs. So not, not necessarily all our wants. <laughs> you know, no, no Ferraris coming my way, I don't think. <laughs> but certainly all we need. Okay. And then the next step is that because of that, God is, in fact, the concept of abundance is more than enough. If you've got an abundance, then you have more than enough. So if God blesses us abundantly, then we'll have more than enough uh, to do every good work. Because at the end of the day, Christians are called to, to good works. We're not saved by works, of course, but we're called to do them. And so... When God blesses us, we need to use whatever he's blessed us with, you know, our time, our talent, our treasure, to abound in good work. So in a financial crisis, we should actually be extremely confident, in my view, of, um, of what's going on around us. It's a time to, you know... Now, yes, we will be potentially rattled. I think we're only human, and so things will happen. And go, mm, well, maybe, maybe, I, maybe I will lose my job. You know, there's that kind of thing in the back of our mind. But we just need to... Uh, you know, it's not just a case of the cliche of trust God. We need to trust God, but remember by, by who, who he actually is. Um, so that's the first, I guess, key here. But the second thing I'd challenge people on is when times like this come, I think it's a great reminder for us as Christians that we need to hold money loosely. You know, money can come and go very, very easily in our lives. You know, and I, I love the story about John Wesley, you know, John Wesley, the famous English theologian that lived 200 years ago, you know, he, there's a great story about him where he's apparently out horseback riding one day and uh, someone rode up to him on horseback and said, Mr. Wesley, Mr. Wesley, your house has burnt down. And uh, John Wesley, you know, as you can imagine, if, if, someone, if someone told that to me, I'd be pretty traumatized if I'd just been told my house has burnt down. But John Wesley sort of paused for a moment, pondered what this guy just told him, and he looked back at the man that said, told him and said, no, you're mistaken. It was the Lord's house that burnt down, and now I have one less thing to worry about. So here we have this guy whose house has just burnt down, but he held money so loosely, he had his complete trust in God, that he, <laughs> and he now almost looked at almost like a blessing. And so I think when these crises come, you know, we may lose things. We may lose a job. We may lose things. But we have to remember, actually, we don't have to worry about it. God's got our back. Um, you know, and look, there's so many passages to support that. You know, I love Matthew 6.33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. You know, as Christians, we've always just got to keep reprioritizing, so you've got to keep going back to it and put God's kingdom first. And when we do that, you know, we just let God take care of the rest. I think you're talking about really attitude here and how you keep a focus. I mean, so many of us are familiar with the idea of a bubble. 
the Canberra bubble people talk about uh, that politicians are only hearing what they want to hear and then there's the social media bubbles. We can connect ourselves to the people who will reinforce the things that we believe, whether they be right or whether they be wrong. And only hearing what you want to hear, if we understand that that actually happens, uh, there's something powerful here uh, that you're touching on, Alex Cook, which says that if you are looking to hear the voice of God when it comes to your finances, somehow or other you've got to connect in with what God is saying and be encouraged in those circumstances because those things are reliable. What are your thoughts about, uh, about positioning yourself here? Yeah, no, look, you're absolutely right. I think... Um you know, I guess, um, look, I'm not a huge fan of lockdown. I'm sure no one is being constrained in, the, in that way. But I think one of the beauties of it has been it's a great time to actually reflect and actually to spend more time with God. And I really, my, my prayer for Christians on this is they don't waste this opportunity, to actually look at it as an opportunity and not to waste it. Because here's a chance that God has given us to, to reconnect with him, to spend more time with him, to trust in him more, I actually think that one of the lessons from this, I hope, is that he wants to break our self-sufficiency. You know, that's our natural nature to be self-sufficient but help us to be God-dependent. But I think he's also wanting us to reconnect with our families and just spend more time. So the, I guess the, the beauty of what's going on is that we have more time and God created us to be with him. You know, he created a people... Uh, that and you know where we have the free will to choose to follow him, but the free will to to love him and to spend time with him, and you know when a financial crisis occurs, I think one of the the things that's tested amongst believers is that ultimately you can't trust somebody you don't know, and so in a time like this, if your faith has been predominantly intellectual, now is a time for it to become heart and for you to really connect with God and just spend that time with Him in His Word, in His, you know, in prayer, in worship, you know, worshiping Him, thanking Him for, for, for everything that you've got, being grateful. Um, and of course, you know, fasting is a, is a good thing to do. All these things that we can do just to have that increased intimacy with God and draw nearer to Him. And when we have that, when we have that, uh, that deep relationship, then you'll flourish because that's the inevitable consequence of spending time with the King of Kings. It's the the natural outworking of it. Um, You know, you'll change as a person. Your attitudes will change. Your your heart will change. The way you treat others will change. So that time with God is critical. But also, the big one that I think is challenging, particularly in in a a very distracted society, is actually hearing from God. And I know that's the part probably that I struggle the most with is just that um, to slow down and to actually just listen to that still voice of God uh, and hear what he's actually trying to tell us, what direction he's taking. And that r- r- uh, involves us, you know, going into, into rest. We need to rest so that we can actually hear from him. So, look, this financial crisis, I, I know it's <laughs> distressing for, for a lot of people, but it really is a fantastic opportunity. And, and, and perhaps a, a wake-up call for, for us in the church, a real wake-up call, I think. A wake-up call indeed. Uh, Interestingly, uh, that uh, some people will find it easier to seek that rest, you know, or uh, recognising, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things uh, will be added to you and uh, some of the anxiety will disappear from that. But for people who, uh, when they've lost a job or 
your business is on the rocks and you know that it all looks impossible from here, the tendency is to go into some sort of survival mode. Yep. But if we're talking today about flourishing, let's not just talk about survival mode because I imagine that while you're doing those things that will keep your mental health strong, keep you close to the heart of God, keep you understanding his principle that he's got your back, that he's looking after you, what we do by way of action that takes us from survival mode to preparation for again, financial flourishing here? Because we know that flourishing is on a lot of different levels. I know listeners today will be especially listening for those sorts of understandings that come with the, the actions that are going to get me back on track financially as well. So so survival mode, that's probably where most of us are at when we've lost jobs, lost hours, or our business is on the rocks. Uh, what are your thoughts for going beyond survival mode here, Alex? Yeah, so look, when, when these things come, I think... Um I, I call it I call it sort of two parts. There's what I call being defensive, you know, which is all about sort of protecting, and then being offensive, which is then getting on the front foot. And really, I think what you're sort of talking about is more about getting on the front foot and being offensive. So if we, if we, if we were to take the, the person who's, say, got their own business and they're struggling, you know, maybe they're forced to shut down. Um, the defensive side of things is obviously you've got to do certain things. You've got to cut your expenses. You've got to redo your budgets. You may need to renegotiate loans, and there's all sorts of uh, things you might be eligible for stimulus packages, all that kind of stuff. So there's that kind of what I would call defensive stuff, and that's um, things that you've got to do to try and protect your business, uh, get through this season. But then there's the offensive thing, and the offensive thing is saying, you know, what are the opportunities in this season? What are new markets that I might be able to take my business into? Are there new income streams that we can diversify into? Are there new types of customers that we can reach? Are our customers affected by, by what's happening? If, if they're not, are there new things that we can you know, promote and sell to them? So it, it's, it's really about saying, uh, how do you re-pivot your business? You know, if you think about what churches have had to go through in the last uh, you know, six, eight weeks, they've had to take their entire church model, if you like, from being face-to-face on a Sunday online, and that's been a dramatic shift for many, for many church leaders. It's huge. But the same principle applies to business here. What pivot do we need to make here so that our business can look forward and see future markets, future opportunities, um, how do we, do we need to redefine ourselves in some way? Does our uh, mission have, mission and vision have to change slightly? Um, and the other thing is also, I think the business needs to be on the front foot of helping people um, because if your business is only mildly affected by this, what a fantastic opportunity to, to reach out and serve your customers uh, and to reach out and help your community. Um, I always say, you know, with Christians, we, we've got to be the, often do the opposite to the world, you know, and the world is turning to fear, we actually need to be turning to faith. And so when a situation like this happens, the question should become, how can our businesses help others? I was chatting to a, a Christian business coach the other day, and because of all this sort of turmoil and his church, he, he was obviously concerned that his church was going to be affected by it. So he literally rang up his pastor and said, hey, look, my wife and I, we've decided we're going to increase our giving by 50% during this season. So I just wanted you to I just wanted you to know that because I just didn't want you to worry about money. That's what he rang up and said to his pastor. And I thought, you know, that's fantastic. That's being that's getting on the offensive, you know, that's stepping out in faith 
and stepping up to the plate. So Christian entrepreneurs can do that. In fact, we all can all do that too. Um, so as I say, there's the defensive side that you have to deal with. You know, you need to cut your costs. You need to do certain things to protect your business. That's sensible and pragmatic. But then also, as I say, we need to get defensive and say, how do we uh, look forward? How do we uh, embrace new opportunities? What is, uh, you know, what is God showing us about the direction our business should be going in? So it's, it's a positive thing. That's how I tend to look at it. Even us as a ministry, you know, we had lots of events that we used to do face-to-face. So we're now pivoting now and saying, okay, are there permanent changes here that we can make? So not just, you know, not just te- temporarily for this season, but are there new permanent things that God is saying, actually, I want you to do ministry in a new way now? And maybe there are. And so that, that's how you, we should be thinking about it. It's a, it's a positive. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Our special guest is Alex Cook, founder of Wealth With Purpose. And uh, Alex, just before we go any further, let me ask you about the sorts of resources that you're into, because you're dealing with resources at all sorts of levels, whether it's an individual, whether it's a church leader, whether it's a business enterprise. Uh, people can find some resources. Some of those are free when they go online at wealthwithpurpose.com. But uh, just conscious today that those who are looking to flourish in their business, flourish in their employment, might be looking for some extra insight here. Uh, you've just had your King Kingdom Invest Summits, and I know there's some recordings available for those, but what are people likely to find when they go to your website so far as that resource you can access today? Yeah, so the first thing is obviously a lot of our free resources, uh, and a couple of things we have. We have uh, a whole heap of e-books, and really they're for what I'd call a few different segments. So, so some of it's for those of us as individuals, helping us with our personal finances. Some of it is what I call uh, for kingdom business. So how do you build a thriving kingdom business? And that's certainly worth reading uh, at the moment. Uh, and then we have stuff for churches as well. So e-books to help them, uh, you know, turbocharge their finances so their churches can get through times like what we're in at the moment. So there's the e-book side of it. There's also um, a thing called My Toolkit that people can download, which helps them uh, with their budgeting and, and debts and what we have a giving tracker as well. So you can see how you're, you're giving generously. Um, and of course, then we've got a, a podcast. We've got some pre-recorded webinars there that people can access uh, and a YouTube channel as well with videos that we're increasingly uh, putting up there as well to help as many people. So all that stuff is completely free. But then if people want to go sort of to that next level and they want to really, if you like, get into the nitty gritty of how do I do something, like how do I invest, for example, then we have a whole heap of courses. So we've got courses on investing, courses on, on business and how you, how you start a business, how you grow it. Uh, and and dominantly courses around money. So things around married couples, how they manage money, retirees, how do they do it, Um, and then stuff that's sort of really aimed at everyone, like our Financial Freedom Express course, which currently at the moment is free for the next couple of months because of the pandemic. And that's really just about giving people solid biblical wisdom that they can apply really practically uh, to their personal finances. And that's that's ultimately what our ministry is about, helping people to align their money uh, with God's word. So wealthwithpurpose.com and uh, those resources available. So when we talk about a downtime and what you do to prepare for the next level, uh, obviously one of those things you mentioned a little earlier, the idea of reskilling, you can start with some uh, great free resources at wealthwithpurpose.com. Hey, Alex, uh, we've got a Facebook question, and the question asks, is flourishing in a financial crisis an issue of circumstance or preparation. I can tell you that uh, early running, 
the uh, the uh, response so far, 16% are saying it's about circumstance. 84% are saying it's about preparation. Uh, now, you can interpret those in different ways, but what are your thoughts for the question that we're asking today? Yeah, look, well, it's a great question. Yeah, look, I mean, I was funny enough when I had a look, quick look at your uh, Facebook page, I sort of, I clicked on preparation myself, so that was my uh, natural inclination. Um, I think there's two comments I'd make. I mean, I think there's the preparation prior to financial crisis, and then there's the preparation that we make once, the, once it occurs. Because um, obviously... Very, I don't know of anyone who foresaw this global pandemic, um, but we as a ministry, we actually foresaw a financial crisis simply because that the global economy had become so fragile, um, particularly, say, here in Australia, which now has the second highest household debt in the world. So, we, in fact, we did a webinar in September last year called The Coming Economic Storm. And so what we try and help Christians... In fact, there's a great passage that says... Um, says a sensible man watches for problems ahead and the simpleton never looks and suffers the consequences. So I think as Christians, we should assume, and in fact history shows us, that financial crises happen from time to time. So, you know, if things like, you know, we lose our job, uh, you know, because that does happen for people, we should be prepared. So have things like an emergency fund in place. All those sort of practical things we should do um, just as being a good steward of what God's given us. You know, we live in a world where, you know, it's a bit topsy-turvy and things can happen to us, and so we should be prepared in that. But obviously, because something like the pandemic, you know, no one predicted that, um, when things like that come along, we need to, you know, make preparations and, and, and do so in, from a point of faith not from a point of fear. And that's where I think circumstances can drive us into fear. <laughs> and that's the real danger, I think, that, that people uh, can face. Interesting to talk about a crisis like this. And when we're struck with hard times, uh, when things were good, we were floating along, self-sufficient, didn't need God in our business. But when the crunch comes, uh, we all of a sudden, when we've got even that, uh, you know little bit of faith that we've been having and going along to church on Sunday and the recognition that, hang on a second, God is the one I need to turn to here. There's a certain sense in which uh, that self-sufficiency is broken and now we're reliant on God. Either that or we continue to be reliant on ourselves. But uh, our conversation, of course, uh, how we be reliant on God, who's got our back in all of this. What are your thoughts for the for the things that happen with the way that we think about our own business or our own employment? We thought we had a job because we were special and we had some skills, but all of a sudden our job's gone. What about this idea of self-sufficiency, Alex? Yeah. Well, I think it's sort of our, our human nature in our society to become self-sufficient. I think because the West particularly has been so prosperous now for, for so long, you know, reality is that anyone who's been born since uh, World War Two in Australia has pretty much only known prosperity. And so I think that the danger, and this is what the danger of prosperity is and the danger of money, is that ultimately, as we become wealthier and wealthier, we tend to become less and less God-dependent. That's the, I think that's the human nature. You know, Deuteronomy 8 says, Remember the Lord, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And I think as our society and as people get more affluent, they tend to forget the Lord. That's what I think happens. And we become very self-sufficient and we, become, we start to believe that it was us, 
you know, that was my my hard work, my success. Now, yes, we need to hard work. We need to do our bit, but we need to remember that the ability uh, to, to produce wealth, etc., and that provision actually comes from God. And I think the great thing about a crisis like this, as humbling as it may be, is that it, it does create a bit of a reset and it does remind us as believers that actually, you know, we are not in control. This this idea that we're of control is largely an illusion. And we need to say, actually, no, God is in control. His will is what matters and that we need to align ourselves uh, with that will. Um, and we need to be dependent on him for our daily bread. That's, you know... That's what we say when we say the Lord's Prayer. You know, we want to be dependent on Him. And so I, I just think this is um, a wonderful opportunity to become regrounded, if you like, uh, in God's Word and, and just becoming truly dependent on Him. And, um, and Alex, not just in words, but, but in heart. It's like hitting the reset button, but now reset ought to look better than we had before. Alex, just before we move on here, let's reflect on a thought or two from listeners who've responded to our Facebook poll. And you can go onto our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. There's a question there. Is flourishing in a financial crisis an issue of circumstance or preparation? And you have to think about that. And the majority of people by far are saying it's all about preparation. Paul says... Uh, this is Paul that responded on uh, Facebook. Paul says in, and he's, he's Paul on Facebook, who talks about Paul the Apostle, says in Philippians 4, we need to learn to be content in all circumstances. Financial crisis is not. So being well prepared, not matter, no matter whether it's a boom or a bust, is the key to being happy with that. Susan says preparation for sure, because Jesus told us in this world we'll have tribulations. We have to be wise with our spending and set a model for our children too so that when hard times come, they will. And then Joe says, neither. So neither of those two options, circumstance or preparation. Joe says, there's no such thing as circumstance. It's by the will of God alone that he prosper you or humble you. You can't prepare yourself to flourish by your own means, either as, again, it is by the hand of God that this happens. A few thoughts there. Alex Cook, what are your thoughts for some of our listeners and the things they're saying? Yeah, no, some great comments there. Yeah, look, let's let's look at one of this from Susan. You know, she talked about how, you know, preparation for sure, because, you know, God warns us in the in the Bible that there will be tribulations, and I think that's that's very pragmatic. I often, when I've been reflecting on this crisis and just listening to you know different interpretations from pastors about it, you know there is a sense in Scripture in the end times that things deteriorate. Obviously, the massive opportunity in it as yeah, um, before Jesus returns, but there's a sense that things deteriorate. You know, there'll be famines and earthquakes and all these sort of things that sound they they sound terrible, but you know. The Bible warns us that that's what will happen. So as believers, we should be prepared, but prepared out of faith, not and, and being and being uh, you know sensible, not prepared out of fear. You know, I think the real danger in these sort of crises is the bunker down approach that people can take. You know, yes, you should you know cut out any waste and things like that. But the worst thing we can do is have a bunker down. We actually should be looking and going. You know what? God tells us that these sort of things are going to happen. So how do we use this as an opportunity to actually step out in faith and do good? So look, yeah, some great comments there on 
on Facebook. And, uh, you know, Paul makes a good comment here about being content. In fact, the Apostle Paul himself says, you know, um, you have to learn contentment. So I think now is a, a good, greater time as any to learn contentment. You know, we might have a little bit bit less today than what we had uh, three or four months ago, but we need to learn to be uh, content uh, in, in all circumstances. So that's uh, great advice there from Paul. So thanks, Paul. Alex, let me ask you as we move on a little and uh, take this just a step deeper as well, because as Christian believers, you take a, a financial hit and uh, you know that uh, we'll often talk about the issues around what marks a Christian, uh, and that is often uh, with this whole spirit of generosity. But when things are tight, uh, when you've lost a job, when your business is on the rocks, when there's all sorts of things that are keeping you awake at night, there is an inclination to withhold and not be so generous. You might be thinking that's only for a short time, but what are your thoughts here around the attitude we have uh, to the generosity that we've always known that we ought to have? Yeah, well, look, I think the... When, when times like this come along and there's this uh, you know, fear kind of grips the world there's a, a real risk that Christians succumb to that. I think, you know, the devil wants to, uh, with our money particularly, he wants to nullify us. He wants to make us uh, ineffective, if you like. And he can do that in all sorts of ways. One is he can get us to withhold. One is he can drown us in debt so that we become enslaved to money. Or opposite, we can become so wealthy that we become prideful and arrogant and just spend it on ourselves. So the devil, you know, the Bible tells us he comes to kill, still and destroy. And so I think in times like this, when fear grips the world, there is a risk that Christians succumb to some of that. So the, how I think we need to deal with that is, the first thing is, I think at a practical level, it is sensible to cut some of your expenses. And by that, I mean cut out waste. You know, you don't need, uh, um, you know, Foxtel, Stan, and, and Netflix, and you know five different uh, streaming services, and Spotify, right? So the things you can cut out that are what I would call variable expenses. Some expenses like fix you don't, but the one that we should definitely not cut out is our generosity. We need to actually, if anything, say, look, particularly the less affected by this that we are, is to actually say, now is a time for me to really step up my generosity. Um, you know, in Proverbs, there's a great there's a great passage in Proverbs that says, "A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed." And when we look at our society now, and many of our neighbours, like literally our neighbours in in our streets, some of them are losing jobs, some are finding things hard, some are stressed. You know, I'm very concerned about mental illness uh, in our society. If you look at some of the figures, mental illness, abuse, gambling, alcohol consumption have all gone through the roof over the last eight weeks. So here we have this fantastic opportunity to be generous um, and refresh others. You know, I'm hearing great stories about churches that are just putting things in people's letterboxes saying, hey, do you need anything? Can we can we bring you a meal? Can we, can we go to the shops for you? Can we do all these things? So... Some of it's physical and some of it's you know financial, but what a great opportunity to be that generous person, to be that generous church, uh, and to not withhold and actually do the opposite. In fact, funny enough, our church, um, my wife and I were surprised because obviously the lockdown there's limitations, but one of the pastors came around to our house um, with some a kids pack that you know kids resources for the weekend and so forth. But they also gave us a card. And unbeknownst to us, there was a uh, there was a two hundred dollar 
uh, Coles voucher that they'd put in there. For, so for all the members of the church had been given a $200 Coles voucher. <laughs> now, my wife and I, you know, it was a, a lovely thought. We thought, oh, we don't need it. So my wife said, oh, well, look, who can we give that to? So that because they need someone else would need this more than we do. So how can we help someone with that? So there's so many ways uh, that we can be generous uh, with what God's given us. Um, so and as the Bible promises, generous person will prosper. There's a whole range of concepts in Scripture, whether it's sowing and reaping uh, and so forth, that suggests that when we live a generous life. You know, God takes care of us and, and meets all of our needs um, and blesses us. So, Alex. I think if you were telling everyone the name of your church right now, you might have quite a few people wanting to join. <laughs> so you're welcome to give your church a free plug. Is there a, which church is Absolutely. it? Absolutely, uh, we go to Elam Church on the Central Coast. E L I M, based on the Central Coast. Great church. It's live, uh, streaming online uh, every Sunday at nine thirty a.m. on YouTube. <laughs> and uh, you know, I suspect that there are a lot of people listening who realize that their local church has gone the extra mile. Their local church leaders have recognized the extent of this crisis. And uh, so the sort of attention you might be getting by way of pastoral care and and the people wanting you to link in with various online opportunities, Zoom meetings and uh, church on Sunday and all sorts of other things online, people will know that there is a real attempt to connect that uh, that relationship there between local church. But a uh, really powerful thing that your local church has been doing there. Hey, let's talk about the practical things again, the sort of wisdom that if we're talking about preparation, because as you've been saying, Alex Cook, the idea of bunkering down uh, isn't really where we ought to be while things may be slowed up, while we haven't got the job, while our business is waiting to reopen. Uh, We're talking about the sorts of things you might do to strategize when you do reopen so that you can maximize the opportunity for flourishing. So uh, things like debt, uh, things like how we manage uh, the workforce if you're the boss or if you are the employee and you've got a Christian boss and you're being critical about how they're doing things, how you might be able to sort of look at a practical way forward here. So get, getting out of the, the slump, getting out of the bunkering down mentality, uh, how do you do things to, to get a strategy to flourish? Yeah, so as I say, I call these more your offensive strategies, if you like. And I think... Um, when, when times like this come, there's an opportunity for us to, to, to forward think and say, A, what is God showing us? What direction is the, the world going in? What are some of the opportunities here? So for some people, if they're, particularly if they're affected and their, their industry particularly has been heavily affected, maybe there is a need and an opportunity to reskill, to learn new things. Maybe you need to change industry. I mean, we've seen a whole industries now like tourism, uh, you know, the travel business, all of that has almost come to a complete standstill. So there are people in that whose jobs will be permanently gone because, yes, jobs will come back to that sector as it opens up again, but there's no way it'll come back um, in full force, you know, for, for quite some time. So there'll be people there who need to reskill. If you're a business owner, you might want to be thinking, well, what are some future opportunities here where where a new market's going to lie you know the world's changing extremely rapidly with automation and things like that so there's a lot of exciting things going on new technologies how can your business embrace that you know how businesses now can flip their model for example from being offline type models to online models a lot of businesses have had to embrace that in the space of eight weeks how do you make your business an online model you know i'm talking to because i'm a financial planner by trade i'm talking to 
fund managers and insurance companies who are now saying, well, we actually don't need all these sales reps on the road driving around. They can actually just call advisors and have meetings online with Zoom. And as a result, they can actually be much more efficient, lower cost, and, and actually see more people. So it's actually more productive. So there's opportunities. The other thing I'd say to people is to, to get educated. You know, maybe because uh, your industry has changed, maybe you need to, to get educated in new areas uh, so that you can take advantage of this changing society. Um, the other thing I'd say is make sure you're fully informed uh, about a bit of history with this financial crisis because there'll be enormous uh, investment opportunities. Now, you know, I, I, I'm not one to try and predict, you know, stock markets going up and down, but at the end of the day, all this volatility that we're seeing, you know, and stock markets plummeting and rising and all this sort of stuff, ultimately it leads to opportunity. So if, if now's a great time to start really becoming well-informed, well-educated about what the Bible says about money and how to practically manage it, because huge opportunities will rise as a result of this crisis. Now, whether they're there now or not, or they're going to be there again in a few months, who knows, but they'll certainly be fantastic, fantastic opportunities. So I think Christians should have a, this sort of abundance mentality where we are prepared to take advantage of the opportunities uh, that God puts before us. Um, <clears throat> And the other thing I think is it's really a chance to re-establish community. I think in our society, you know, community, particularly in the church world, community is a bit of a buzzword. But the reality is I think our society, uh, our community really has broken down. Uh, we, we're not, you know, so many people, despite all the technology that we've got, um, are very lonely. You know, there's, there's a massive prevalence of loneliness in our society. So... It's part of getting on the offensive just in our local communities. Let's start building our communities again. And I actually think this is a particular role of the church. What a fantastic opportunity we have to reach out, to connect people, to help them. Um, so there's so many, if you like, offensive strategies, things that we can practically do um, to position both ourselves, our, our businesses, our churches, and of course, uh, just helping our, our fellow uh, countrymen as well. So fantastic. Wonderful insights we're hearing this hour. And if there's a takeaway from a conversation like this, it's this idea of a defensive strategy and an offensive strategy. And these are really powerful insights. And for listeners, uh, you might want to re-listen to this conversation a little later. You'll be able to on a podcast. And no doubt uh, there'll be insights too in some of the resources that are available through Alex's uh, Wealth with Purpose. Hey, let me ask you there'll be listeners who will be thinking about their house and its value uh, those who were thinking of uh, is this a good time to sell or is this a good time to buy i wonder if you've got any insights here on because all the predictions are that house prices are going to decline particularly in some areas that are harder affected than others but what are your thoughts around the real estate market right now alex yeah, look, it's a great question, and in one sense, it's a dangerous question asking yeah. financial advisors to uh, crystal ball the future, so to speak. Um, but look, I think the reality is, um, with unemployment spiking, um, there—I mean, or, if I go back one step, prior to this crisis occurring, Australia was already the second most indebted households on earth, and there were already a million Australians that were deemed to be in what we call mortgage stress. Now, mortgage stress is defined as where more than 30% of your income goes in mortgage repayments. So that was already there prior to this even happening. So what's happening now with a spike, you know, a dramatic spike in unemployment, then I think that unemployment is a big factor that's going to affect the property market just simply because uh, so many... Uh, 
you know, so many people just won't be able to afford the holding cost. Now, yes, there are bank holidays and things like that, so that will delay some of the, the pain. It may delay it for, you know, six months or so forth, but that, that it's still there. Probably the other big factor that's going to affect it is that, particularly in the big cities, Sydney and Melbourne especially, immigration into the country has been enormous over the last uh, two decades. And that's now, of course, come to a complete standstill. In fact, I think uh, I read the stats yesterday, not the, the, uh, the entry into the country has dropped by 99%, i.e. basically no one's coming in. So with that, with that in mind, I think the property market is going to struggle for a while. Um, uh, I, I don't like answering the question, you know, whether now a good time or buy uh, to buy or sell, but my advice is usually always the same with people. Be very uh, be patient be conservative don't borrow uh, as much money as the bank is going to give you is give you because banks want to give you usually too much ha- have a big deposit make sure you do your homework um, but if I was a buyer I think now is the time to be patient and if I was a seller I'd be thinking you know should I be how, how can I handle this situation should I be getting out uh, sooner rather than later when you know potentially the economic stuff can get tougher I think the reality is some of the the real economy factors we won't feel for another three to six to months because of all the massive stimulus that's in the system at the moment. But as I say, um, it's it's a difficult, <laughs> it's a crystal wall type question and that's always a dangerous one to answer. <laughs> yes, and interestingly, when we talk about house prices and depends on what sort of sequence you look at, but when house prices decline, uh, consumer demand falls, uh, drives business closures and then uh, you've got higher unemployment. You take it from the other direction. You've got higher unemployment. Uh, you've got businesses closing. You've got higher cons- uh, consumer demand that's falling, and then house prices decline. So it, it does look pretty serious, doesn't it, uh, for the future? And one might suspect. And uh, again, not trying to do the you know as, as you're saying, uh, crystal ball gazing here, but the idea that the government might do something uh, to prop up. Uh, house prices or helping new people or getting into the market sometime into the way that their new stimulus measures might have to come at the end of September. Uh, But housing prices are going to be very important, aren't they? So for those that are holding on right now, uh, thinking I'm finding it difficult even to make my mortgage payment, do I quit here and take loss? Uh, I imagine that holding on is going to be an important factor here. Any insights around that sort of thing, Alex? Yeah, well, I think um, I always take the view that if you feel that you're struggling now because you've got too much debt, um, then I, I typically say, look, sometimes it's worth cutting your losses simply because the the problem in Australia is interest rates are now so low. You know, it's hard to believe. No one would have believed 10 years ago that you get a home loan for 2.5%. But the reality is home loans can't really go much lower. I mean, the cash rate is just so low. The home loan rates are like aren't likely to go any lower. But we do know that at some point now, who, who knows when rates will ultimately rise, and that could catch a lot of people out. In other words, they could be under even more financial pressure because the interest rates on their loans rise. So, if you're feeling already stretched now, might now might be the time to to try and cash out while prices are still high. Because at the end of the day, prices uh, have risen fairly significantly. Certainly, from the government's perspective, they like the prices to remain high just simply because 
A, of stamp duty revenue. So a lot of the governments, particularly state governments, are now considering should they abolish state duty uh, and re- replace it with some sort of other property tax so it's more distributed evenly across the population because they can't rely on it anymore. So governments themselves are obviously worried about falling house prices because it'll affect their tax revenue. Um, but I think also for those who are that are in there and they feel they're struggling, um, now could be a time where the prices are still fairly, fairly elevated relative to long-term history. Uh, it may be an opportunity to uh, put yourself into a healthier financial position and take the stress of that mortgage off you. So. And I know, Alex, that you wouldn't want any individual to take that as uh, some personal financial advice. And you'd be Correct. saying, uh, check with uh, a financial advisor, uh, get some counsel around that, uh, find out from people who uh, will be able to, uh, you know, be a good sounding board for you. So for people who are listening in and thinking, what am I going to do uh, in this time? Uh, it could be a good time to be seeking some further wisdom on your particular circumstance. Alex, we yeah. have... Yeah, that's a very good point. We've run out of time, and uh, I do want to point people to where they can get some free resources. We mentioned some of those earlier, uh, free resources, but then there's also some uh, some deeper resources that people can uh, pay for when they go onto your Wealth With Purpose website. I know that your Kingdom Invest summits have just come to a close, and they've all gone online as uh, we've been talking about this idea of adapting into a digital environment when you can't meet face to face and be in person but people can access the recordings of those summits so even if you would not have been able to get to one and listeners to our conversation today all around Australia and sometimes in some of the most far-flung destinations so far from capital cities uh, it would be their dream to be a part of a summit like yours but they can access the recordings Alex. Yes, exactly right. So um, they're all recorded and um, they're, they're all going to be put up on the website uh, in the next uh, next couple of days. So at the moment, you can't actually buy that off the site. We do have another course on there called Christian Investing, which is arguably a bit more comprehensive, but it wasn't done in the, in the same live kind of way. Uh, but that is up there as well. So yeah, plenty of uh, resources for people to learn about investing in this environment. Well, Alex, we'll look forward to another opportunity in the very near future when we can continue a conversation like this because uh, our suspicion might be that things are going to get tougher for a lot of people as things progress through the financial crisis as it's going and and, uh, we'll want to get some more of your great insights. Let me point people to wealthwithpurpose.com wealthwithpurpose.com and Alex Cook, the founder of Wealth With Purpose. Alex, great getting your insights. Thanks so much for sharing those with us today on 2020. My pleasure. Thanks, Neil. Thanks for having me. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.